Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello America and happy inauguration day. Yes, it is January 20th, 2021 and a peaceful transition of power as it always happens occurred today in a very lockdown capital. I mean, there are soldiers at every street corner. In fact, I think there are five to 10 times more soldiers in the city than there were attendees for the inauguration festivities today. It is an unusual one, but now Joe Biden is indeed our 46th president of the United States. He took the oath of office shortly before noon today. And despite all the concerns, the worries, uh, we had a peaceful day. The police and the National Guard did a great job. We may have had an awful lot of them, maybe more than we probably needed. Uh, but the uh, city is peaceful and President Biden is fast at work implementing his agenda. He's been clear about what he wants to do, climate change, um, reversing immigration, uh, policies by the Trump administration reversing a lot of things about Trump. In fact, my good colleague, Susan Katz-Keating, has one of those really interesting ones. They really drive home just how uh, much elections have impact. Uh, the Operation Warp Speed name, the, that was the name that President Trump gave to the rapid development and deployment of the COVID-19 vaccine. It's not being used as of noon today. That's how much life is going to change in Washington and across America. But that's why we have elections. Elections have consequences. And over the next 48 hours, we'll see the beginning of the consequences of the Biden agenda. And we'll have lots of conversations about it. But it happened peacefully today. Uh, and uh, we have round the horn coverage at justthenews.com at Real America's Voice, our great TV partner. And all of that is unfolding before your very eyes. We're very excited about it. Check us out. Uh, President Trump departed Washington about eight or nine at a very low key um, ceremony out at Andrews Air Force Base. Uh, I think the words that he uttered that most people are paying the most attention to is we'll be back. And uh, he is clear that he's not fading into history. He intends to be a political force. And we'll see what that means, what shape it takes. Is it a political action committee, a PAC? Is it a new political party? Is there something that we're not even envisioning yet? Does he triangulate Washington between traditional Republicans and Trump Republicans and the Biden Democratic Party? We don't know. Uh, but he left some tantalizing words. Uh, he also pardoned about 143 uh, folks, he provided clemency to 143 Americans, um, some their sentences commuted, some their uh, getting full pardons like Steve Bannon, his former White House advisor and a 
a regular host on Real America's Voice. Uh, all that happened, but it happened peacefully. It happened rather calmly. And uh, America made this transition of power just like it always does. And I think the worries of greater mayhem are, uh, are now past us, at least for the immediate future. Let's see what happens. We have a lot yet to learn about the Capitol riots. We have a lot to learn about what goes on in um, uh, the Biden administration. And we have a lot to learn about what happened at the beginnings of the Russia collusion bogus investigation. Why are we going to learn that? Because in his final moments in office, yes, President Trump declassified hundreds of, of documents, thousands of pages of documents um, that really will give us extraordinary insight to the very things that the FBI, the Justice Department, the CIA most wanted to keep secret from the American public. I already have some stories up and we're going to go to quick commercial break when I come back. I'm going to tell you the next few stories we're going to break at Just the News. I believe right now Just the News is the only news organization to possess these documents. I'm also getting documents separate of the president's declassification order uh, from several agencies where I had FOIAs pending. State Department, uh, ODNI, the Office of Director of National Intelligence. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's on the horizon, and you're going to get the first word from me uh, about what is in these documents, and we're going to uh, go through these documents, report them out for days and weeks. We are not going to forget about it and move on, learning everything we should learn about the Russia collusion. Dirty trick that was carried out in America is important so that it can't be reported again and so that those who were engaged in the conduct can be held to the fullest account. All right, first, let's go to that commercial break. We love our advertisers, our sponsors here at Just the News at John Salomon Reports. If you want to support what we do, support these great advertisers and sponsors, their products, their services. They are truly great uh, part of our family. We're so proud of them, and we hope that you bring them into your family, into your lives with the great products and services they offer. All right, we'll go to that commercial break when we come back. Some exclusive materials. Yes, you're getting it here first at Just the News and John Solomon Reports. I'm going to tell you some of the new documents about to come to light. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And today we're not going to do a guest. Our guest is going to be some of the exclusive documents that we at Just the News here at uh, John Solomon Reports have obtained through the president's declassification order through other FOIAs. We have lots of news to break over the next several days, and we're going to do it here with you and uh, hopefully inform and educate you and the American public. Uh, so far, Fox News hasn't done anything other than my friend Sean Hannity and Lou Dobbs. The news department hasn't done it, but Real America's Voice, Just the News, we're digging in. We're giving you the news, and millions of people have come to read these documents. So we know that they're serious, they're real, that you're interested, and we're going to help try to educate and inform the American public so you can make up your own minds about just how bad the FBI collusion investigation was. All right, so first up, one of the things that I think is going to be revelatory uh, in uh, reporting we'll do in the next few hours 
is that Christopher Steele's dossier, the anti-Trump Russia collusion narrative, started well before Christopher Steele approached the FBI in July of 2016. We've heard for a long time there was a second dossier, and today, for the first time, we have very significant details about who wrote it, where it came from, how it got routed to Christopher Steele, how it got to the FBI, and uh, what was in it. And here is the big news. The Christopher Steele reveals to the FBI in one of his debriefings that he received a dossier. It was given to him by an Obama State Department official, very senior, named Jonathan Weiner. It was somebody that Steele had been a friend with, was giving free information to. They were trading information back and forth. And according to Steele, he received a research document, a dossier-like research document, uh, written by a longtime Hillary Clinton associate named uh, Cody Scherer. Cody Scherer hung out. He was a journalist. He hung out with a fellow journalist named Sidney Blumenthal. They came up during the Benghazi scandal as someone who was on, uh, two people who were on the ground in Libya providing Hillary Clinton private intelligence around the State Department, around the CIA, about what they thought was going on in Libya. A lot of Republicans were concerned about that. You can go much further back. You can go back to 1998, 1999, 2000, when Bill Clinton was president, long before Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, and the State Department IG investigated Cody Scherer for doing some freelance foreign policy work, um, that's a, a sort of a layman's term, in Bosnia, in fact, including suggesting that the Clinton administration might be willing to break up Bosnia and uh, tripartite it and develop it into three separate entities. Uh, that was not the official policy of the U.S. government at the time. Uh, But Cody Scherer has derived his access to the Clintons for a long time. His brother-in-law is Strobe Talbot, the former Deputy Secretary of State for Bill Clinton. Um, I believe he had a sister who worked in some capacity for um, Mrs. Clinton and Bill Clinton back in the 90s. And uh, throughout the last two decades, they've shown up, as I said, State Department IG investigated Scherer for creating some problems in Bosnia complicating the U.S. message there um, uh, in the in Benghazi uh, stuff. And then in the WikiLeaks documents, we learn that Cody Scherer and Sidney Blumenthal were doing some stuff. And I reported back when I worked at the Hill that Cody Scherer also had some uh, role in creating a dossier. But now we know a lot more specifically what it is. Um, according to um, Christopher Steele, it was... Uh, one of the memos in his dossier dated October 19th, 2016. And uh, it talks about some of the salacious stuff that we heard about Donald Trump allegedly lewd sex acts with prostitutes in the Moscow in 2013 during the Miss America pageant. All that's been knocked down. The FBI said it was never verified. It could have been Russian disinformation. But here's what we know. It got to uh, Christopher Steele through a man named Jonathan Weiner, a State Department official in the Obama administration then. And it was written by Cody Scherer. And guess when it was written? Not in the fall of 16. It was written, according to Christopher Steele, back in April of 2016. What does that mean? It means the effort by Hillary Clinton to uh, create the Russian narrative by Hillary Clinton and her accolades, her acolytes, her friends, her associates, predates Christopher Steele approaching the FBI in July of 2016. It goes back to April, spring of 2016. Uh, And uh, it starts with 
a person very close to the Clinton's inner circle, Cody Sherum, also associated with Sidney Blumenthal, somebody you're all familiar with. And it gets to the State Department. State Department gives it to a British foreign national, Christopher Steele, and he wraps it in and gives it to the FBI. Uh, anyone see something wrong with this picture? First off, what's the State Department doing on government time trading in anti-Trump uh, rubbish? What is Cody Sherrod developing? Why April? What was going on in April in Clinton world? Well, I have a funny feeling it had to do with the Clinton email scandal and the, the FBI's escalation of the investigation to bring it to conclusion. I think everything that we've learned, particularly what I reported to you last night and is now out on Just the News, Russia collusion had an awful lot to do with neutralizing two scandals in Hillary Clinton's background that she was trying to um, distract from. Uh, neutralize. What are they? One of them was his her own family's dealings with Russia. Remember, Bill Clinton got a half million dollar check. There was a whole bunch of money from people interested in the Russian uh, uranium transaction. That money went to the Clinton Foundation. The Clintons were taking a lot of money and enriching themselves, as my book Fallout makes clear, in the Russia scandal. And then they didn't want that to be the subject anymore. Peter uh, Schweitzer had made it a big scandal in the 2016 election. She wanted to change the subject. As the CIA told President Obama in July 16, she was creating a false narrative to quote unquote vilify Donald Trump on Russia to distract from not only her Russia problems, but also her ongoing email scandal problems. Remember the classified emails in her private server, the negligence uh, she did, the careless handling of classified information. Well, we now know that neutralizing not only her Russia liabilities, but her email scandal was part of the motive for this entire operation. And today we know it started earlier, April of 2016, um, right around the time that the email scandal was kind of going and rattling up. And Christopher Steele, as I reported to you yesterday, uh, wanted to further neutralize that when he leaked his Russia collusion narrative to the news media in the fall of 2016 because James Comey and the FBI had revived the scandal. They had reopened the case. I don't know if you remember this, but in the last six, eight weeks of the election in 2016, Hillary Clinton was dogged by new email scandal because the FBI had found Anthony Weiner's laptop and had reopened the case, and Hillary was mortified. Her inner circle was worried that this could be the kiss of death for her. She was angry at the FBI and James Comey. Well, we now know from Christopher Steele that... Um, he leaked to the news media in part to neutralize, change the topic of that subject. He was worried that it would hurt Hillary Clinton's campaign. That was his client, the ultimate client. Very important, explosive information. When we step back, why should you care about this? Well, what it means is that the effort to invent a false Russia collusion narrative, Donald Trump, goes back to April of 16, earlier than we knew. It's eventually fed to Christopher Steele. And, and then fed to the FBI, and it leads to you know, one of the greatest political dirty checks in American history, a false investigation on false allegations that everybody knew. There was no big there there, and yet they sustained it for two and a half years to great damage of the Trump presidency, to Trump's reputation, to the civil liberties of people like George Papadopoulos and Carter Page, and I'm going to reveal some other people that were targeted in the next few days from these declassified documents. They weren't alone. Uh, the spying on the Trump campaign targeted more people. You're going to learn about that. We know Flynn, of course. I'm going to throw a few other names out there for you as we give you more of these declassified documents. But 
Russia collusion was invented to solve Hillary Clinton's email and Russia problems. It was a political dirty trick, a distraction. It began in the spring of 16 and escalated with Christopher Steele in the summer and fall of 16. How do we know that? Because Christopher Steele's declassified debriefing documents are now on just the news site. The president made those available to me through a declassification order. And you can read this. And the last part of it on this narrative that should concern you or certainly concerns me is there's a State Department official, a U.S. government official trading in this clearly partisan information while he's still working at the State Department. We need to know more about Jonathan Weiner, what he was doing, why he gave it to Christopher Steele, why Steele gave it to the FBI, what was going on at the State Department. They were much more involved in the creation and extension of this false collusion narrative than we all were led to believe. Remember, my big scoop a year and a half ago when I was still at the Hill, maybe a little longer than that now, the Kathleen Kavalich documents, she was a deputy assistant secretary of state, and she alerts the FBI that she gets a call from Christopher Steele in October 2016. He's peddling their, her stuff there. He's revealing to the State Department he's an FBI asset. He's revealing he's leaking to the New York Times and the Washington Post and others. All of that means the State Department was much more involved, and now we know it went back earlier. Uh, John Weiner and Cody Scherer getting their own dossier to, uh, or Cody Scherer's dossier to steal to give to the FBI to augment the bogus reporting. This narrative was, this dirty trick was run earlier, more ferociously with more people involved than we knew. And thanks to the declassified documents we know from Christopher Steele, Jonathan Weiner at the State Department, Cody Scherer at the uh, Clinton Inner Circle, were involved in the creation of a similar salacious dossier about Trump. All right, that's one of the big ones. Now I'm going to give you the probably the biggest revelation to me. This is something I've heard about and I even reported a little bit on that Hillary Clinton got a defensive briefing while she was running for president, uh, unlike Donald Trump, who didn't get a defensive uh, briefing about concerns about foreign interference or influence in the campaign. She got one. And now we know the real backstory to that. I broke the general story about the defensive background. Now we know the dates, the times, and what predated it. And here's what we now know. Starting in late 2014, as Hillary Clinton was starting to gear up her campaign, announced in 2015, the FBI opened an investigation into a foreign power's efforts to possibly influence her, her campaign, her perspective, uh, campaign at that time through giving money, donations. That's always the way influence comes, right? Big donations. And the Bureau's agents, the lead agents on the front line, they wanted to open up a FISA warrant on this foreign power to learn what was going on, follow the money trail, see who else might be involved in the United States. And they ran into a roadblock. It was called the seventh floor of the FBI. That's actually what they say in the emails. And they couldn't get a FISA warrant. Remember, they got a FISA warrant easily on Donald Trump, even though the information was flawed. But on Hillary Clinton, they were slow walked, delayed by months. They became so frustrated that a senior FBI official in one of the field offices leapfrogged his chain of command and wrote directly to Director James Comey saying, why don't we have a FISA? I'm going to read you this document. It'll be public tomorrow on Just the News website. And here's what it says. Uh, tomorrow, you'll have this tomorrow. But here's what actually I'm going to read it to you now. The FISA application, meaning the one looking at the possible foreign influence on the Clinton campaign, has remained in limbo for nearly 
uh, four months, even though subsequent investigation activity has provided additional probable cause for the FISA application. He you know, said he was worried about overstepping his bounds by do- going directly to the uh, chain of command. And he said that uh, the reason he was being told that this wasn't moving forward, that the decision to put the application on hold originated on the seventh floor of the FBI. That's where James Comey, Andrew McCabe, and others resided. That's the agent's word for the management team, the top management of the FBI. So, and what does Comey write back to this guy? He says, don't know anything about this, but we'll get smarter. Hmm. Well, guess what? As far as we can tell from the documents, they never got their FISA warrant, and they turned around and did something different. They decided to go give Hillary Clinton a defensive briefing about this foreign powers efforts, let her know, protect her, exactly what they didn't do for Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump never got a defensive briefing, even when the FBI had concerns that there were um, Russian influence. They treated Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton entirely differently in almost identical circumstances. Foreign influence targeting their campaign. Hillary Clinton doesn't get a FISA. She gets a defensive briefing, even though agents were not happy with that. Donald Trump gets a FISA that turns out to be bad. His campaign is targeted. He's dragged out for three years in a bogus investigation that finds no wrongdoing, no collusion. And he does not get the same defensive briefing. Now, how did the defensive briefing go? I'm going to actually put it up for you. You're going to be able to read this on Just the News site tomorrow. Go to Just the News in the morning and you'll see that the defensive briefing was given in October 2018 to David Kendall. I'm sorry, 2015, excuse me. October 2015, David Kendall, Hillary Clinton's lawyer, gets a defensive briefing from the FBI. He's warned about these things. Make the candidate aware of it. Be careful. Protect yourself from foreign influence. That never happened for Donald Trump. You want to talk about two systems of justice, two worlds of injustice, two grievances, two candidates being treated differently with similar concerns? Well, just read these documents. You're going to have that. The political dirty trick of Russia collusion. We're peeling it back. We're near the core of the onion. These highly, once highly classified documents, now declassified, are going to give us an unbelievable window. And I know, hey, you're saying Donald Trump's gone. Why do we care? Hillary Clinton's not a figure anymore that matters. Well, it matters that we get to the truth of this, that every person involved in it be highlighted, that the facts be explored so that no one is tempted, no one. Republican, Democrat, victim, perpetrator. No one is ever subjected to what happened in the Russia collusion case where American civil liberties were horrifically violated. A false narrative was foist upon the entire American public for not one day, one month, three weeks, half a year, but nearly three full years. And it was all bunk. It it completely hamstrung the early days of the Trump administration and what you have is a political dirty trick trying to solve Hillary Clinton's scandal problems, you know, Russia and, and uh, email, and it's being carried out by the FBI, even knowing that that's what Hillary Clinton was doing. Remember what I told you a couple of months ago, that the uh, at the end of the day, what we learned is that the president of the United States, President Obama, was warned by his FBI director in July, I'm sorry, by his CIA director in July of 2016 that Hillary might be carrying out a dirty trick, might be vilifying Trump to take some uh, heat off of Donald, uh, off of her email scandal and put it on Donald Trump, vilify Donald Trump. That's the exact words that John Brennan used 
uh, to brief the president. And then within a little bit of time later, we know the FBI was warned itself. Hey, Hillary Clinton's carrying out a dirty trick here. Going to try to vilify Trump on Russia collusion. And despite that, despite Christopher Steele walking in beside his dossier being bogus, they launched an investigation. The FBI, the intelligence community, participated in this dirty trick even after getting the warning signs. And we now know they knew early on that it originated earlier, all the way back to April of 2016. I think one important question as we dig into this, we go through the documents, we do more interviews, maybe we file some more lawsuits to get more documents out there. Trump didn't get everything declassified. He got a lot, but not everything. We need to know what exactly was bothering the Clinton campaign in April of 2016. I suspect there is a much bigger warning sign that the Trump campaign, uh, that the Clinton campaign had on its horizon. Maybe it had to do with emails falling into foreign hands. That's what I'm hearing from some sources. But now that we know the first dossier-like document was created in April, not by Christopher Steele, but by an inner circle member of the Clinton uh, confidant circle, the inner circle, uh, Cody Scherer, delivered to Christopher Steele by a State Department employee for the Obama administration. I'm not sure we want our State Department officials trafficking in political uh, intelligence uh, to foreigners. He gave it to a foreigner, Christopher Steele. What the heck? Whatever the case is, um, we now know April was the time frame. Let's put a circle around that. I'm going to, April 2016 seems to be one of the big origin points that we didn't know about earlier in Russia collusion. Let's find out why Hillary Clinton was concerned back then. I think we'll get the, one of the final answers we need to this scandal. But in the meantime, all of these documents are going up day by day. We'll put a new one up. We'll explain its importance to you. We'll allow you to read it. We're not going to try to make up your mind or force you to believe something. We're going to give you facts and let you make up your own mind. That's what we do here at Just the News at John Solomon Reports. We're so lucky to count you in our audience as our among our family, our readers, our viewers, our listeners. We deeply value your intelligence, your your trust, and your desire to get facts to make yourself educated about the issues of our day. That's what we do at justthenews.com. All right, folks, that wraps up this special edition. We're going to have a great guest tomorrow. We're going to be talking to a member of President Trump's 1776 commission. It was one of the last reports put out by the Trump administration before the president went off into the sunset for the time being. And uh, we're going to talk to them tomorrow about that and its antithetical view to the New York Times 1617 project, which obviously tried to impugn America's early origins and and make some connections. Some historians have said that is uh, a project that is flawed with historical wrong and grievances. Uh, We're going to talk to the counter uh, commission that looked at this and came up with its own recommendations to restore pride in America's uh, birth, in America's ideals and its values, in the American experience, in the constitutional republic, that so time, so many times today on the left gets attacked as, as racist and as xenophobic and as wrong and bad and maybe socialism is better. That's something we hear that makes me shudder when I hear it. Tomorrow, we're going to talk to one of the members of that. Get, get uh, read up on that. It's going to be a fun one for tomorrow. Until then, have a blessed night. Uh, enjoy your family. God bless you. God bless America. And thank you for listening to John Solomon Reports and for reading often the news at justthenews.com. Justthenews.com.